Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Stephen Hamilton, your host today with the Vineyard Justice Network, a network connecting people who are pursuing the justice of the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus. Today we'll be talking with Deneen Yates, the founder and director of Safe House of Hope in Baltimore, Maryland. Deneen, welcome. Thanks. Um, well, we're old friends, um, and so like I know a bit of your story, and um, in order for the rest of us to kind of get to know you a little um, as we talk to you uh, in this interview, uh, I'd like to maybe ask you to like tell your story a bit about how you you know went from being a missionary overseas in Africa to becoming a domestic missionary essentially on the streets of Baltimore. Okay, well, my husband and I and our five children sold everything we had in 2001 um, to move to Captaget, Kenya, to help run a missionary school to reach unreached people groups and a nursery um, in the bush. Nice. So we lived there for two years and uh, met a lot of people on the street and visited a lot of neighborhoods and a lot of people's homes and went into a lot of the ghettos in uh, Eldoret and Nairobi and help the kids and the adults to have a better understanding of God and to have a better understanding of how God wants to work in their lives. And then, um, so after that time on the mission field on the overseas, you uh, came back and landed here in Baltimore. That's where we first met. So, how? Um, why did you come back to, to to Baltimore? Why Why were you here? Well, um, I grew up here in Baltimore. This is my hometown. All right. So um, I graduated from Baltimore Polytechnic <laughs> in 1984. Woohoo! A course for those who knew what that knows what that means, and so. Um, I just wanted to be back where I knew where I was and very familiar, and God brought us back here to Baltimore. And so you you came back here. Were you guys um, um, looking for like what's next, or were you planning on going back out uh, overseas, or or what was what was happening during that time? Well, we were really thinking about going back out for the Muslim um, community. Hmm. Um, so we were. Th- we had planned uh, with a missionary organization to go to Iraq. Oh, wow. Um, and we came to move back to Baltimore and um, in a, a Muslim neighborhood <laughs> with the mosque down the street. And we really started praying and asking God, what does he want us to do? Hmm. And uh, we learned about how people are exploited here and how the vulnerabilities, the same vulnerabilities in Africa, homelessness, poverty, hmm. um, make people exploitable. Right. And that it doesn't matter where you are. If, if you have vulnerable elements in your life, then people can easily exploit you. And I started working with women who are exploited through prostitution and learning about what that is and what that means how that works with sex trafficking. Right. And we, we're here, you know. We're here shoring up people's foundations and helping them to understand how God wants to move in their lives. And, and you know, the same, a lot of the same things there are here. So, um, so I know we connected and, um, and then we started doing um, 
ministry in Baltimore and we connected with a few people there and I know that like that was one of the connections for you in terms of Sid um, so like take us into that so you you came back you you've you've moved sort of into the neighborhood so to speak you're, you're praying about what to do um, and then you get connected with us and Sid in in Baltimore um, yeah were you thinking at that time that you're like uh, oh yeah I want to you know I want to fight you know, trafficking and, you know, be a part of the anti-trafficking thing? Or what were you, you know, kind of, did you just kind of like, well, you know, I'm, you know, it's God's leading me one step and then the next step and whatever. Like, how did, how did that work for you? Well, uh, in Kenya um, and through my life, I'm a bookkeeper. I'm a bookkeeper and a business manager and a budgeter and a planner. And so Sid had... Uh, Who founded... Who founded Yana's place? Yeah, you are never alone. Yana uh, had fiscal problems. Right. And so, really, I came to clean her up. Wow. I really wasn't about the clients. It was about doing what I knew I could do easily. You know. Right. If she wanted to get cleaned up and wanted to stay a business, I cleaned up uh, two universities and three orphanages in Kenya. It's not a problem to clean people up. What a handy. Uh... <laughs> Thing to have in your back pocket, right? <laughs> well, the thing about missions work is a lot of people don't understand the accountability side. Right. And so they end up not able to sustain their projects because they don't have that idea that, you know, there's only one thing to me that's worse than, than no hope, and that's false hope. Hmm. So to start something that you're going to help people and then take that help away... It, it yeah. You have to really consider sustainability. Yeah, that was one of the um, one of the things that I um, learned as you know getting into the uh, anti-trafficking ministry is that you, you can never overpromise because to to do something and then to withdraw it is just as damaging as not doing anything in the first place. Or more. Or more, right? Um, Re-damaging them in their lives. So. Um, so you so you helped Yana um, get more established on its bookkeeping side, you know, because you know we all know you know people who have like Sid who have so much heart and so much um, passion for something, and yet you know they don't know how to run it as like a nonprofit or a business or something like that. So that's great. So like, so then what happened next for you? Um, well, because I know you're doing something else now. So like, tell me about the transition. So Sid took me um, out on street outreach to meet the girls out on the street and um, it was a little scary and exciting and not as hard as it seemed and the women were really kind hmm. I mean I really love the women that I work with yeah. so both at drop-in and on the street the women that I work with are fantastic they're really real genuine people they're a little crusty right? but they're genuine people who will just tell you how it is and I can respect that. That's my experience as well. <laughs> in a, you know, in a, they'll tell you exactly how it is. Um, so, so you sort, you know, so you you learned um, street outreach and that sort of part of you know the ministry from Sid. Right, and then when I asked the girls, um, "Why are you out here? You know, prostituting on the street?" and they're like, "Where else am I supposed to go? What you got a place for me to live? Huh. What you got for me?" Who, and I looked, we have nothing, just like Kenya. There ain't nothing for you. 
So I decided that, you know, if I wanted to meet some of these needs, I needed to look at housing. And so for us, we I decided that, you know, Lord, what are we going to do about, you know, this housing piece? Because truly, if we don't have anything to offer somebody who's prostituting, then we don't have anything to say about it, do we? Right. Yeah, you know, just like as James says, you know, you to, you know, say, you know, kind of good luck with that is, you know, I'll pray for you is really not, it's, that's not the gospel, right? No. And it's not, the other thing you have to realize, whether you're working with um, overseas or here, is you have to see what, what commonalities you have, what love, what you love. God gives you a love for the people that you're working with. Right. And, but that could be you. And so, as I listened to women's stories, I knew that could be me. Right. Just a few steps, and I, you know, it's a few, a few things taken away from my house. Um, having had uh, been, been uh, harmed as a child sexually, most of my clients are, just a few steps, and I'm, I'm right out there. Right. And what am I not going to do for my children? Right. But for the grace of God, right? Right. You know. And so, I mean, I think that that really, if you think you're going to meet or help somebody because you pity them or you sympathize with them, you, you have to have empathy. And, and my girls, the women I work with, will see disingenuousness in a second, <laughs> a microsecond. They are very savvy. <laughs> I mean, and that's part of just street smart. You know, living on the streets, you have to be able to pick up that sort of insincerity from people. For street prostitution, more so. Right. Because you're multitasking. You are trying to get somebody to buy. If you have somebody, you have to decide if they're safe or not to get in their car. At the same time, you're looking where your boyfriend, pimp, is. Everything has to do with how well you assess the person in front of you right this second. Wow. All right. Well, um, thanks. Uh, join us again for our next podcast, part two of our interview with Deneen.